Hey there everyone, this is Adrian Lopez, the Integrative Awareness Coach, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 33 of the Mind Heart Space podcast. This week's podcast is entitled The Power of Loss, and it's kind of an extension of last week's discussion on the destruction of manifesting and how that's related to loss. So if you didn't catch that one, that was last week's episode 32 um, called The Destruction of Manifesting. You can check that out. But today uh, I wanted to take a, a little deeper look at loss. And mostly my topics come up to me each week because they reflect my own inner journey, my personal journey of growth and healing. And this week, and last week, and actually for the last, I don't know, month or so, um, the idea of loss and the role it plays in our lives and how much work uh, we do to push loss away, to try to stop from losing people, situations, uh, you name it. And so I've been kind of fascinated about this idea of loss. And it's not the first time, of course, <laughs> I've thought about loss. Um, I've thought about it quite a bit. But it's the first time I've thought about it like this, let's say. About 20 years ago, when I was writing my master's thesis on the construction of identity from a, a feminist perspective, I was working on two well-known female writers. One was Virginia Woolf and the other one was Toni Morrison. And it was um, an analysis of how women writers were trying to construct a position as an author as well as communicate the sense of identity from their characters as being mostly female and Antonia Morrison would be a woman of color and the impossibility of creating identity from a slave narrative or the denial of identity of slaves themselves as having a public persona in the human conversation, a public address. And so, um, and there's many, many books that I've read that have to do with man's humanity's inability to deal with loss and the construction of the ego that results in as a product I should say of trying to protect us from loss and so it's really so interesting when you think about people going out in the world trying to live fully manifest create their lives exactly how they want at the same time um, not actually realizing the roadblocks and the walls that are created that stop us 
from our hearts, our deepest desires, um, the way that we put a buffer between ourselves and life uh, in order to protect ourselves from hurt, from pain and loss. And at the same time, how that keeps us away from life and living the kind of life that we say that we want. So, um, there's many examples in literature. Uh, one I'm thinking of right now is Virginia Woolf's book, To the Lighthouse. It has a very um, strong matriarchal protagonist, Miss Ramsey, who's the epitome of a good host and homemaker. She fills the role of mother and caretaker for all the people in the novel that come to their beach house every summer. And by the end of the book, Miss Ramsey has passed on World War I has been completed, and many of the men in the family have passed away. And there's just a couple people that return to the beach house. And one of them is an artist, and her name is Lily Briscoe. And she is a Asian woman in the UK, right after World War I and she's an artist and she goes out to the beach house and she sits down on the hill overlooking the sea and she attempts to paint Mrs. Ramsey. And that scene in the book, she begins to break down and sob because she re realizes how inadequate her brushstroke is in ever representing or capturing the essence of Miss Ramsey. And for me as a reader, I took it a step further that she only actually knew Miss Ramsey through her own projections onto what she needed to see in that figure called Mrs. Ramsey. And it made me think of the incredible sense of loss, not only for Lily Briscoe, but for all of us when we realize how little we actually know people other than our projections onto them based on our own ego wounding of what we need to see. And of course, this is, this is not the only way of knowing people right, when we start to step outside of our ego constructs and fully connect with people life to life, presence to presence, and we realize that it's impossible to contain anyone's essence in our ideas or our images or our labels or words, and that our attempt to do so is a feeble attempt to reduce a sense of loss. And so, 
And this way, this is the most fundamental wound to the human psyche. Not necessarily the loss, whatever that was for you, the first time you told yourself that you had lost something that was so precious that you'd never get it back. But that illusion that we could actually ever really lose anything and that anything actually belongs to us, including this life. And that by holding on, by not allowing as like a public ritual for that grief to be seen and heard and then released actually has driven people's entire lives on a falsity, on a illusion, on a false premise. And it's amazing also the way that Toni Morrison dealt with the same, the same theme of loss in regards to the creation of owning slaves and this idea that a certain race of people created the idea of race itself, but that a certain skin color somehow had the ability to dominate a certain lifestyle because they deserved, they deserved it. And the idea of losing that was so, so upsetting to their egos that there was a whole war, at least in America, called the Civil War, where more people died and were killed than I believe in any other war in American history. And the idea that the incredible loss of African Americans faced was so minimized and actually denied and still denied and people are still having arguments about who's responsible since nobody alive today actually owned a slave. And that argument is totally missing the point. The point is, if we don't acknowledge the loss and the grief as a public ritual, it will continue to drive a level of unconsciousness, which often creates separation, cruelty, hatred, you name it. And so what does this mean for us individually as creators of people that want to live happy, fulfilled life in the chaos of the world unfolding around us with pandemics and political distrust, um, multiple conflicting groups of people a divide in our nation. How do we 
approach, even beginning to think about living happily. And is that even possible or is it a selfish, delusional dream? Well, my answer is after many years of thinking about this topic in an academic setting and then also through my own meditative practice, spiritual growth journey, through my work with hypnotherapy and supporting and coaching people to live their best lives, whether that was in a classroom or with private clients, I've come to the conclusion that we have a duty, an individual duty and responsibility to live happy and fulfilled lives. And for me, that comes to a matter of coming to terms with my own sense of loss, the construction of loss, the purpose of the idea that we can lose things and the incredible push to deny it, to hide it, to not feel it when it's such a substantial part of creating and living our lives. We always have to lose things in order to create new things. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Energy is simply changing from form to form to form in order for us to experience new ways of being in the world. There has to be change. And so it's almost an expression of ridiculousness not to embrace change and the loss that is inevitable in change and begin to actually celebrate it and embrace it and allow it to be an active part of life instead of the shadow aspect, which we push down and deny, um, which is really slowing us all down in our evolution. At least that's what I've found. Anyhow, I just wanted to share this reflection on laws as it's been showing up in my life. And a lot of it's really unconscious. At this time in my life, I am now revisiting um, the years that the locusts have eaten, the years of pushing loss away, of covering it up, of not believing I was strong enough to be able to embrace loss 
not being given any healthy model to actually celebrate it as a productive part of life instead of something to be dread, dreaded and feared. In our culture, we are not very good at discussing death or dying, which is simply a change of form of energy from one state into the next. And just because we can't necessarily see that energy, that life energy any longer, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Doesn't mean it's no longer here. And I really appreciate um, the integration of change and loss and death into native and aboriginal cultures who realized that the world works through balance the balance of creation and destruction change and loss go hand in hand and they actually allow this material world to function and so instead of something to be shunned it was celebrated in as part of the cycle of life just like one season follows the next in order for in order for summer to come spring must die and so on and so i invite you to take a moment out if you can and do a, a reflection or a little meditation on your relationship to loss and how does it affect your choices and the way that you live your life and the way that you have your being and the level of freedom that you enjoy or perhaps don't enjoy. <laughs> And over the next week or so, um, one thing I did that was really helpful was to write a list of all the things that I created in my life that I really enjoyed, and then all the things that I lost in order to have that thing. And see the reciprocal relationship of creation and loss and that they work in relationship. And that if I, and if you can start consciously working with these energies and these forces in our life, we can accelerate and elevate the rate of fulfillment and joy and our level of attachment to the way things have to be in order for us to feel happy or like we matter because regardless of accepting loss or not, of course we matter. We've always mattered. It's just that somehow our worth has been attached. Our sense of being, our identity, which is ego has been built on the denial of loss when it's the very thing that created it. So 
I think it's time. I think it's time to balance the accounts in order to take personal responsibility for how we use our creative energy on purpose to create the kind of world that we know is possible. To create the kind of world that we can't wait for outside forces to create, we have to begin. We have to begin today, we have to begin now, and we have to begin with ourselves before anything else will change or shift. Thank you so much for joining me here today for the Mind Heart Space podcast. I'd like to thank you for taking your time to listen. If you stop by, say hello, leave a comment, let me know your thoughts. I'm always interested in hearing um, suggestions for our future podcasts. If you have any ideas of anything you'd like to hear about, I'm always eager to receive your suggestions. And I just want to let you know if you're interested in working with me uh, and participating in finding ways to integrate your awareness at a faster rate, um, you can check out my website at www.mindheart-space.com. And on my homepage is a calendar link. You can click on it and schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me. And we can discuss how I might be able to support you in, in living a life that you love. All right. I think that's all for now. Until next time, please remember what a valuable treasure you are.